Psychiatric. The ambulance crew is there to take care of the patient and nothing else. Psychiatric regarding mental health calls are generally made by the public in response to a general disturbance. The police never know what situation awaits them on the other end of the telephone. The police arrive and the patient is not cooperative with law enforcement, creating an atmosphere of pressure. In the interest of protecting the peace and serving the law, EMS is called. What looks like a pitched battle between law enforcement and the police department would make anyone want to pick a side. The problem is it's not a battle, it's a cry for help. Don't pick sides. Treating this patient requires a level of impartiality not required on other types of EMS calls. It must also be understood by the EMS crew that the law did not directly convey to them any arresting powers, which would implicitly grant them the right to apprehend and transport patients against their will to the hospital. Further, it may be tempting for the ambulance crew to act in the same manner as the police, who have a completely different job and work for completely different people. The medics know that they can offer a patient transport to the hospital, but what if it becomes necessary to act in the patient's interest despite the patient's wishes? What if the patient is in danger to themselves or other people? What becomes the right thing to do? The right thing for the ambulance crew to do at this point is contact medical control. Medical control is either the medical director of the ambulance service or a physician at the emergency department. Contacting medical control and requesting orders to restrain and transport the patient might be the best way to take care of the patient. Mental status examination. Psychiatric patients are going to be alert and able to converse. The patient could be confused, but nonetheless able to converse. The medics could employ a mental status examination. Appearance. One should describe the prominent physical features of an individual. At least one writer on the subject has suggested that this be detailed enough such that a portrait of a person could be painted that the highlights his or her unique aspects. But that is probably asking a lot. Some aspects of appearance might note a description of a patient's facial features, general grooming, hair color texture, styling, and grooming, skin texture, scar formation, tattoos, body shape, height and weight, cleanliness and neatness, posture, bearing, clothing, or jewelry. Motor behavior. The examination should incorporate any observation of movement or behavior. Some aspects of motor behavior that might be commented about are gait, freedom of movement, firmness of strength, of handshake, any involuntary abnormal movements, tremors, tics, mannerisms, lip smacking, or akathiasis, which is the inability to sit still. Speech. This is not an evaluation of language or thought. I'm going to save that for later, but a behavior or mechanical evaluation of speech. Items that might be commented on include the rate of speech, the spontaneity of verbalizations, the range of voice intonation patterns, the volume of speech, and any defects with verbalizations, stammering or stuttering. Attitudes. One should comment on how the patient related to the examiner. This usually includes a discussion of the patient's degree of cooperativeness with the examiner. When appropriate, a recording of the evaluator's attitude toward the patient might be appropriate, as reactions, counter-transference may be useful. Such discussions may be done with the understanding that the patient has a legal right to record and any strong emotions or reactions should be recorded in a diplomatic manner. Emotions. For the sake of consistency, the, the observation of a patient's emotions is divided into a discussion of mood and effect. Mood. is usually defined as the sustained feeling tone that prevails over time for a patient. At times, the patient will be able to describe their mood. Otherwise, evaluator must inquire about the patient's mood or infer it from the rest of the in interview. Qualities of mood that may be commented on include the depth of the mood, the length of the time that it, it prevails, and the degree of fluctuation. Common words used to describe a mood include the following, anxious, panicky, 
terrified, sad, depressed, angry, enraged, euphoric, and guilty. Once One should be as specific as possible in describing a mood, and vague terms such as upset or agitated should be avoided. Affect is usually defined as the behavioral or observable manifestation of mood. Some aspects of mood that we might comment on include the following. The appropriateness of the affect of the described mood. Does the person look the way they say they feel? The intensity of the effect during the examination. Is there too much heightened or dramatic or too little blunted or flat? The mobility of the affect. Does the effect change at the appropriate rate or does there seem to be too much variation, a labile effect, or too little, constricted or fixed? The range of the effect, is there an expected range of effect? Usually the interview might have light, lighter or heavier moments or does the affect seem to be restricted to a limited range? And the reactivity of the patient is the response to external factors and topics as would be expected for the situation. Alternatively, there is little no, little change, non-reactive or non-responsive. Thought. Usually a description of a patient's thoughts during an interview is divided into at least two categories, a description of the patient's thought process and the content of their thoughts.